0: Right, I've recorded this introduction multiple times. Well, I say record, I've said it, and then realised it wasn't recording. And it's getting very, very hot in this room, so I'm going to blast through this. So, welcome to Crush and Disappointment. In this episode, I'm chatting to Bill about his crush on Meg, or Megara from the 1997 Disney film Hercules, as portrayed by Susan Egan. In relation to Hercules, you may remember that... In the Xena Warrior Princess episode, we chatted about whether the actor from the Hercules TV series, Kevin Sorbo, looked more like Brendan Fraser or Viggo Mortensen. I've recently found out that Kevin Sorbo became a bit of a meme from a clip in Hercules in which he shouts out disappointed, but people felt that that was a script direction rather than a word that he needed to say. I think that's been debunked now, actually, but, um, you know, print the myth... So um, I think Kevin Sorbo is now the patron saint of Crushing Disappointment. In relation to this episode, listening to it back, I realised I spoke way too much and was, I mean, cutting off Bill and just being a bit of a dick, actually. So um, I've done my standard vanity edits to make that less obvious. But um, I think I came in with specific points that I wanted to get across. And I guess sometimes forgot that I need to get Bill's perspective. And actually, the points I was trying to make listening to it, I'm not sure if I'm talking absolute bollocks. So let me know what you think about that. One final point. This is episode nine. And the podcast provider I'm on gives me 10 episodes before things get a bit more complex. So if you have enjoyed Crushing Disappointments at all, if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes or even leave a review, that'd be amazing. Um, God, I'm sweating. So here we go. Here's the crush. Do you remember the first time you saw Hercules?
1: I, I don't actually remember the first time I saw Hercules. I can't even remember if it was in the cinema or if it was on VHS uh, in my own home. Um, I remember for a long time as well. I just didn't recognise any of the any of the voices because obviously I was, I was a six year old child. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't know who James Woods was. <laughs> but watching it back, you really you're amazed by the 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 sheer number of famous people in that cast. Is it? I thought he was the only one. You pretty much, it. no, Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, yeah, of Danny course, DeVito. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, there's two people.
0: <laughs> amazed you were when you saw those big names. Yeah, amazed. James Moore have, and you se- Danny
1: DeVito. have you seen the picture of Zeus without a beard? <laughs> no, it's really funny because he's just got such a small head, <laughs> it's all neck. <laughs> um, well, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let the, let the listeners <laughs> find that for themselves. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's the what, next question? <laughs> this is I out, and
1: uh, Let's always... <laughs> everyone knows we're having a really good time, though. <laughs>
0: um, so, if you don't remember the first time you saw it, do you remember? Like, what was your reaction to Meg? Like, why does she stay in your memory?
1: I don't know, really. Um, <laughs> She's strong, self-possessed woman. Yeah. I'm sure that's what I thought again as a six-year-old. <laughs> I think it was literally because Hercules was my favourite film, and she was the romantic, <laughs> romantic yeah, lead yeah. in that in that film. Well, it's it's you say that because I was thinking how
0: so far. I mean, I've not got a very big sample of people I've done these with, mm. but so far, no straight guys have picked women. No, and that's I think it's been really interesting. And I was thinking about my first crush was probably like jennifer garner playing electra but that was because i wanted to be daredevil right and i think it's i don't know quite what it is but i think there's something in there where guys i don't know aren't having the same aren't having this relationship with women which i think it's i can't quite work out why it is i think it's um i don't know sorry.
1: sorry i mean speaking from like knowing a few people who do teaching and stuff like Lads tend to like stay quite immature until like they're sort of like twelve or something. So I think at that point you're probably going to get more role model as you were saying, role model esque crushes, where it's like you want to be that person rather than necessarily, you know, you idolise them in a mm. way. But I think that probably com- would probably pr- then precede anything, any kind of like actual attraction towards. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I don't know though.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because it's not even like I don't know. People have come forward with their teenage crushes of like that person they had as like a poster. Mm-hmm. Like people don't, straight guys haven't been picking those people. It's been much more talking about men as like aspirational mm-hmm. people. And um I wasn't sure if this was also a part of it was I feel like, I don't know, as a teenager, as a kid, I, you become aware of, I don't know, sexism mm-hmm. and like how women are constantly objectified. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I internalize that to a point where I am un- uncomfortable talking about women ob- objectively at all.
1: Yeah, I, I, can't, I kind of see what you mean there. I mean, I, I was thinking more like I don't know. I can't even remember really a time in my in my life where I've I've had a crush on someone that wasn't like someone who I actually knew. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I don't know if there's, I don't know, maybe I don't know if you find, do have you do you find that maybe like I, I'd never really like to be honest with you, I'd, I'd never really associated too much with like when people say they had celebrity crushes. I've mm. just never really been able to empathize too much on that, really. Yeah. See, I definitely do now and like it, they change every six
0: months or so. Like it tends to be like a singer mm. and I'll be obsessed with them for a little bit. And it'll definitely be a mixture of them being super talented, but then they're also the fact they're like super hot as well. Mm. And then I sort of become obsessed and then I move on to the next person. Mm. But when talking about them, I would talk about their musical stuff because I guess I don't, I'm not sure if it's because, because I, Felt uncomfortable talking objectifying women i don't think i have the vocabulary to do it in a way that isn't sexist yeah like i will chat with any of my friends who are attracted to men about attractive men and feel really comfortable doing that mm. and yeah so i can like talk about male bubble butts all day mm. but then i would feel uncomfortable talking about a woman's butt and i think that's interesting because I, I think it, clearly you don't want to go the other way because there's so much you don't want to be a misogynist? No, <laughs> <laughs> just
1: just really lascivious all but the I time. There,
0: but I think there's, a, but I think there's, there's got to be like a, a happier medium somewhere because the fact that we don't, I say we, as in like, I think our friendship could roll up. With my friends don't talk about that, and I think that's not great either. No,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I, I live with some a like, uh, lot they're quite like, I don't know. I wouldn't say they're partic- they're exactly misogynist or anything, but they're equally not like they're not not in any way in the in the way that you are like for example like like interested in like feminism but like you know gender equality and things like that. <laughs> but even they even they're pretty pretty like don't don't comfortably talk about like being attractive or attracted to girls mm. like most of the time anyway yeah. You know the, the the wolf whistle at women as they pass, but apart from that, it's, that's pretty much it. Well, I mean- <laughs> no, no, they, don't. they don't, do that. <laughs> um,
0: but I also think that's that's sad in that you and- wolf whistling's
1: dying <laughs> off. <you know, also. laughs> so, it, it's it's,
0: <laughs> it's sad in terms of um, talking to people about their first crushes and people having desire, but also an understanding of. I don't know, of someone of a different gender, I didn't have that. Or like, I guess the female characters weren't great because they're mostly written by men. Mm. And equally, I felt as a kid that there was very much, these are things that boys can watch. And these are things that girls should watch. Mm. And like, things with female protagonists. Like, I remember I wouldn't have watched Buffy when I was little, but now I love Buffy. But all it would have been is she was a female protagonist. Even though by every other measure, Mm. it would fall into something that I would have watched and so because of that i think you i think you can grow up with i don't know with a gross opinion of women so i had a guy at uni who i met and he went to an all boys school and he was saying that he came to uni and he he hadn't envisioned women as being smart until he came to uni because he'd never seen them in a like a learning Uh, environment which is i mean which is fucking crazy because like because there's women on the news yeah or like read a book yeah (laughs) it's not an excuse but at the same time i think there's an example of that in which the way in which you view people if you're only ever seeing people as love interests yeah. And they're never fully rounded.
1: Quite interesting. It's almost like a little sociological experiment, <laughs> these uh, or like single-gender school boarding mm-hmm. schools. Yeah. Just isolate them and then find out what their opinions become. <laughs>
0: I'm sure there was something that um, single-gender schools, in terms of grade, so
1: just looking at it on that merit, helped. I think girls did better. I think it's because, again, from my teaching housemate, because girls... Tend to get more mature. There's like a distinct lag between boys kind of growing up and becoming a bit more mature and a bit more focused mm-hmm. in the classroom, and girls. And I think it's that kind of period where you get girls getting dragged down by, but with boys in the class, for example, just because they're distracting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, not like that. This is a you know blanket thing. It's not yeah, like yeah. all boys drag drag down all girls in that age range. But apparently, that's like is a known issue, mm-hmm. and probably that is that is where you get these. Better grades and stuff like that. Yeah, but equally, you know, it's not really. I feel like it's not really a natural environment to grow up around. And also, they're a bit of a way of you know keep it giving people an extra edge, yeah. isn't it? I mean, this is a weird tangent to take, but like, um, a friend of mine
0: who also went to private school, I met lots of private school people at uni. They um, he was in his class, his French class was just him. Mm-hmm. Like compare that to like my French class, where there was forty of us. Mm. That's a completely different experience. Yeah. Actually, actually I've, I should have over-egged that. It was thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I, should, I don't need to
1: make that stat worse than it was. <laughs> like, make, it's a reasonable argument, but make it more yeah. outrageous. It's exactly, value. it's exactly
0: what Michael Moore does. when yeah. he, In Bonham for Columbine, there's a bit where he talks about how good the NHS is. And he shows this hospital, which I swear is not an NHS hospital that I've ever been in. And he talks about how it's like, clearly the NHS is fucking amazing, mm. but it's not this utopic. It's not, yeah. and There's no issues with it. Or there's a the bit where he buys a gun and... In reality, it took him a few days to get the gun, but he yeah. edits it together so that it looks like he just the bank just gave it to him on the spot. Okay, and so you didn't he have from to... a bank, yeah, which okay. is which in itself is fucking crazy. Yeah, he, he didn't have to edit it together, so it looks like he got it straight away. Because then it means just a lie. So I need to not do that as well.
1: Okay.
0: So why was Hercules your favorite film? Why did you like Hercules the character?
1: Oh, Hercules is my favorite film growing up, just because the music the, of all the. I'm not. I'm not big into. I mean, I probably didn't care too much at the time but not big into musicals mm-hmm. and lion king didn't really do it for me because we only had a knockoff vhs of it so the quality was really bad and there was someone like walking in front of the screen <laughs> for the last few minutes but hercules had class music in it and that's the main reason why it was my favorite and also you know that he fights that hydra and that's quite that's pretty class <laughs> yeah, yeah. keeps growing loads of heads there's all the titans at the end yeah. that, that's pretty class loved it <laughs> but what was your other question sorry um, he's the character himself. How did you? Oh, like, so I can't remember, like, how I, view, how I viewed him back in the day. I know when I watched it recently, he got on my nerves, loads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's, uh, some about his. I don't know, it might just be the voice, to be honest with you, it gets some <laughs> grates on me a bit, yeah. but yeah, at the time, I don't know. Because I don't think I ever, I don't know, I suppose every, would every young boy aspire to be strong and heroic? I don't I don't, I don't feel like I did, but like, yeah. again... So really good talk, Matt. Basically, I can't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just what you say about the songs
0: because I was um, watching them or listening to them today and I think the um, the muses who have their sort of like gospel narration yeah. love it. Even though I did read this comment that was talking about how it's quite I guess problematic in a way they've taken like the religion out of gospel music.
1: Yeah, it into pag- paganism. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, and the idea that gospel isn't like a genre, like you've just like reduced it by doing yeah, that. Yeah, but exactly. that aside, that,
1: I've just pushed that out the window. <laughs> great tunes. Yeah, they are.
0: But um, the rest of them, I wasn't. I don't think it's got anywhere near as good songs as Lion King.
1: No, actually, watching it, like the beyond their sing their songs, like it isn't. It isn't great, but their songs are class. So, but Lion King, I don't think it's got that. I mean, everyone everyone, everyone else disagrees with me here, but I don't feel like the music does that much for me in The Lion King.
0: I mean, it's it's amazing to know that you have such a wrong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but The Jungle Book is, is better music than The Lion King. I mean, King. no, it doesn't. I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, so you say that you... Your recollection
1: of the film... Isn't that strong? Oh no, my recollection is really strong. I remember, oh, okay. I, I remember the film Hercules really well. I, I watched <laughs> okay. it like, I watched it like a couple of months ago.
0: Uh, okay, it's, so I had friends at uni who would have Disney as their kind of like during exams. When they were a bit down, that would be the films that they would fall back on. Do you go back and watch Hercules? No. No.
1: <laughs> Next question. So, so
0: why did you watch it two months ago?
1: i just you know, just I haven't seen I haven't seen Hercules in a while. Why not watch Hercules? And um what? I'd still say it's probably my favorite one, just because of how many times I watched it as a kid. I don't think it was one that we had on VHS. So yeah, I think I think also favorite favorite Disney films a lot of the time come down to which of the VHS you had. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's just Jungle Book and Hercules. They're pretty much the only two we had. That and the Black Cauldron, but that was that's quite shit. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite it's quite freaky actually, very Germanic. So, what's Meg's story? Who is Meg? She is someone who has to work for hades i believe because she sold her soul to him so that her ex wouldn't die Mm -hmm. but then he ran off as another woman and then i can't remember now if hades enlists her to seduce hercules or if she does it anyway and then he kind of piggybacks off it but then she ends up actually fancying him and then he makes her betray him takes his takes his divinity away and then she's I think she saves his life at one point, then he saves hers, gets his divinity back, and happily ever after. So, how would you describe her visually? Uh, she's got dark hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's quite she's quite slender. Like, crazily slender. She's like, yeah, no, there's no quite about her. <laughs> she's like, she's worryingly thin. Yeah, and the, the contrast between the two is immense. Yeah, found- she looks absolutely tiny against him. I found, an,
0: um, it was like a Time article, I think called the trouble with disney's teeny tiny princesses and so um this was by philip cohen Mm. who says that um yes on average real men's bodies are bigger and more muscular than women's and yes animation is an art form not restricted to the boundaries of realism which is what makes it great but the exaggerations in these children's movies are extreme they almost always promote the same image of big men and tiny women and they are especially dramatic in romantic situations Because humans reproduce sexually, there are obvious differences between males and females, called sexual dimorphism. However, in the grand scheme, as the sociologist Lisa Wade puts it, men and women are overwhelmingly alike. Our similarities outweigh our differences. Still, we choose whether to highlight the differences that are apparent. And the amount of energy we devote to emphasising and acting on the different qualities of men and women changes over time and varies across
1: cultures. I can definitely see where you're coming from, because, like, I mean, you look at Beauty and the Beast. I mean, he is meant to be an actual beast, Mm -hmm. so... I haven't actually seen that film, but I, you know. <laughs> don't speak about what you don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the adverts from the beginning of the videos, yeah. you know. You'd, yeah. I, and, oh, I'd yeah. always watch them. I'd actually get weirdly upset when people fast-forwarded them as well. Mm. Strange child. But yeah, he's massive. He's yeah. absolutely huge against it. And I see what he means about the romantic situations where it's like, oh, I'm this big man and yeah. I'll have to take you in my arms. And they're like, the are fucking minuscule. Yeah, and there's lots of Hercules, like, picking up yeah. Meg. And she's, like, so tiny. Yeah. And, like, he's said so, slender. I'd say I'd say to be honest with you, I, I don't don't find her that attractive these days. Just because I I worry about how she, she's worryingly thin. <laughs>
0: um, In the Disney Wiki, they describe her as um, Meg is known for her unique appearance, which differs from the traditional Disney style of animation. She has thick hair, a very slender waist, lengthy eyebrows, and a more angular stature.
1: Yeah, she she, she pushes her hip out a lot, as I remember. Mm-hmm. If that's what you mean by angular stature as well, there's a lot of that.
0: Yeah, and I think it was one of the um, supervising animators, Ken Duncan, or the supervising animator, Ken Duncan, said that, her, that they use Greek shapes for her hair. Greek um, shapes? Her head is sort of a vase shape,
1: and she's got Greek curls in the back. Hmm. Does that happen in a lot of the later Disney films, though? I mean, in a lot of the later ones, where they're going away from like European kind of locations, for example, mm-hmm. apart, what I'm saying, Greece is in Europe. <laughs> but uh, okay, the traditional fairy tale, like Germanic fairy tale mm-hmm. style, so going to like Greece or like uh, Emperor's New Clothes, for example, mm-hmm. or uh, Mulan, Lilo and Stitch. I don't know. It, does it? Have different aesthetic in all of these? Do you think? I would right. imagine.
0: Imagine so, and I imagine some aspect of it that's really problematic.
1: Yeah, there was a- you know, oh, <laughs> we do everything like it was ancient Greece. <laughs> it's a, it's
0: a, so, um, so Disney Pixar did the film Coco recently, which is um, set in Mexico during Day of the Dead, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Disney tried to patent Day of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that didn't happen, but I'm sure. I'm sure there was something like. I'll um, I'll add a caveat if that's really not true but I'm sure I read something it was something really weird like um, but I mean yeah I was thinking about this earlier I was almost going to start with this caveat because there's so much to say about Disney in terms of like it's socializing impact on like boys and girls and like how like value systems Mm -hmm. and ideas of bodies and such and I feel like I think we need to know that we're going to get it wrong (laughs) a lot and we don't like I think we should be willing to fuck up at this, yeah, and see that as a benefit, so we get better at it, yeah. Rather than rather than being nervous about making mistakes, yeah, yeah. I'd
1: hope that we'd be able to do that. Yeah, it does feel really weird saying anything like anything that you find attractive about these characters. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. It feels yeah. lascivious, and also, you know, like rating any celebrity on attractiveness when you're. When I, I mean, look at myself as well, it's a bit, like, well, it's a bit pot calling the kettle black here. <laughs> if I like it. Like they're obviously all really, really attractive yeah. people because they're celebrities. <laughs> um, so, I guess moving away from
0: her appearance to her personality, the Disney wiki describes her as being cynical, snarky and world-weary, making her atypical among Disney's lead females. Were those qualities that you liked about Meg?
1: Yeah, I'd definitely say that. Definitely the cynicism part, yeah. I can definitely see how I'd how to find that attractive. Uh, Again, it, I was just so young, it's just weird to think, <laughs> did I really? Or is this like me justifying it after the fact? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like that she is cynical in the first place as a character. I think in general, I find people with a bit of cynicism. In, like I just like people with a bit of cynicism in them anyway, be it romantically or just as friends or that have you. So I think that's probably definitely drew me, although I was probably quite an old soul if that was the the case. It's a child that's world-weary already. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I guess. I I think, looking back, I probably like Danny DeVito's character the most in that film. Okay,
0: so if you Google Meg Hercules, lots of the websites that come up are lots of seven reasons Meg from Hercules is the most underrated Disney heroine ever. 11 reasons Megara from Hercules is super underrated. Seven reasons why Megara is the MVP in Hercules. There seems to be a, I don't know, a support. This is where
1: people feel like Meg didn't get the credit okay. that she sort of deserved. Is that in terms of the, the voice actor's work or in terms of the character herself? I think it's the the character. Okay.
0: Because Meg is actually not a Disney princess.
1: No, well, she's She's not actually a princess for what? Well, that's not actually
0: a criteria to is be a Disney princess.
1: I did not know. No. So
0: the criteria to be a Disney princess is A, has a primary role in a Disney animated feature film. Check. B, is human or mostly human-like.
1: Yeah. To account for Ariel, I guess yeah, is that. That's, I've got a brackets, EG Ariel. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's probably the only one. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, then hum- mostly human-like, I think that means why well, my girl Nala is not included. Because she, she is, like, royalty. When will you furries get your day? <laughs> <laughs> and how she's like, there's that scene where like, him, her and Simba have sex, and she gives him the come-to-bed eyes.
1: Do they have sex in The Lion King?
0: Well, yeah, well, then Can You Feel the Love Tonight, when she, they sort of, like, pin each other. And then, I think in the original VHS, it says sex in the stars, but apparently the team argued that it said SFX.
1: Right, okay, that's a pretty <laughs> weak argument. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, yeah, she really does give him these come-to-bed eyes. Okay. And it's, um, yeah, it's a moment. C does not appear primarily in a sequel or commercial failure. Right. Which is quite brutal. Yeah, okay. And did, did you ever watch the Hercules TV series? No. That was like a prequel, and so she obviously wasn't in that. Oh, and then the actual title of Princess, or equivalent, is not necessary, but certainly helps. So she fits all those criteria. She does fit all those criteria. Why? I f-
1: I think it's because Hercules didn't make enough money. Really, it wasn't a big enough commercial success. Perhaps. I, I like for me, I'd have thought if I was to hazard at anything, bar you know the fact that she isn't actually part of a royal family, mm-hmm. um, but she marries into the Greek gods. Yeah. Oh yeah, she is at the end. <laughs> don't get me wrong, she is at the end. But um, I, I suppose if I was to guess at it, it was because in the story she not in no way terminally, but leads towards hercules downfall of her own hand rather than being some kind of i don't know completely purely motivated and doing the right thing kind of character but that's a really terrible sentence Sorry. (laughs) i mean it's more uh, depressing the fact that like the the first few google results were all list websites (laughs) (laughs) you know so i was actually
0: why don't we list the Disney princesses and say which ones we find fit (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) no, let's just talk about the Disney princesses in comparison to Meg and how
1: we feel about them or whether you watched any of these so Snow White Uh, I am aware of Snow White but I don't think I've actually watched it but you know first Disney princess drawn so yeah important important Cinderella again not seen it (laughs) So like I'm not going to lie I didn't actually see that many Disney films because my my mum is pretty against Disney for some reason well, apart from, you know, him being a anti-Semite and everything like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. Uh,
1: haven't seen Sleeping Beauty. Ariel. Haven't seen The Little Mermaid. Belle. Haven't seen Belle. <laughs> beauty and the Beast. Yeah, haven't seen Beauty Belle is French for beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Who's Aurora in there? Or oh, Sleeping Beauty. Yes. That's, yeah. Uh, Jasmine. Aladdin. Oh, yeah, so I have seen Aladdin. Pocahontas. I haven't seen Pocahontas. Mulan. I have seen Mulan, Mulan's class. Tiana from Princess
0: and the Frog. I think mean, that was after our time. I haven't seen Princess and the Frog. Which I think was the last one that they hand drew. Really? I thought Lilo and Stitch was. Oh, it might it might not be hand drawn. It might be the first the last 2D one they did hmm. maybe. There was something it was certainly one of the last. Rapunzel? No. Merida? Well, oh, she must be from. Um, she's from. What's the Disney film? the one set in Scotland. So the Pixar film set in Scotland. Oh,
1: um, yeah, she is that. Brave. Actually, Brave. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good film. But none of them have got anything on Meg. Oh, I-, I think Pocahontas is the one in that list that I wish I'd seen mm. actually so far. Pocahontas, I do think Colors of the Wind was pretty
0: cool. I remember enjoying that. Okay. Pocahontas was definitely one that we had on VHS. Yeah, I mean, it just got better songs. What, the sequel? And oh, no, no, I've not seen the... Uh, Colors of the Wind, do you say? the Colors of the Wind is the name of the big song. Oh, is it? Okay. Can you paint with all the colours of the wind? No? No. How? I'm shocked by that. Shocked. Shocked. Um. How high <laughs> does a sycamore grow? No. If you cut it down, <laughs> then you'll never know.
1: don't know if you can really capture how uncomfortable I am over a voice recording.
0: <laughs> so going from those lists mm-hmm. of the reasons why Meg should be more appreciated, mm-hmm. I've combined them all together, and I was thinking we could just go through them and see if you've got any thoughts on them. So, she's arguably the sassiest heroine there is.
1: Oh, I think that goes without saying is <laughs> isn't it? That, that, that's a... I mean, bear in mind that I have only seen one of the princesses, <laughs> maybe two yeah. that you'd listed off there, but she's certainly the, um, one of the least compliant, like kind of, you know, just helpless seeming of the Disney princesses. I mean, Meg also, you know, she treats uh, Hercules mean and keeps him keen. Yeah. She employs that very well. So I think that's, that's pretty sassy. She's strong and independent. I feel like there are other Disney princesses that, are, that cut that bill though. Yeah. Like Mulan and I guess Pocahontas I haven't seen that one, but.
0: Yeah. this one I really like. She makes mistakes.
1: Yep. Yeah. no, I don't know really about the other Disney d- princesses, but I don't know if any of them made a vast amount of mistakes that they then had to be redeemed for. Mm. Like they may make mistakes, like moral mistakes, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: As we said, like we've made mistakes already in this interview, and it's plenty. <laughs> it's nice to know that you you can make those and get better from them. And she does learn, She does, and she does like pay the ultimate sacrifice, or at least yeah. um, believe that she is in that moment. And yeah, I think that's like a really sort of human aspect of her, mm. which I think is that something... I mean, I don't be really just putting down the other films because I can't record them that well, but it feels like something that maybe Sleeping Beauty didn't have. She was just like this... Yeah. Which, I mean, she was asleep for most of it. Yeah. <laughs> she has the best one-liners. Oh, I, I literally can't remember any of the... One-liners. Actually, there's a cool quote when so there's all this stuff when Hercules goes to save her. She at the beginning she talks about how like, I'm I'm a damsel I'm in distress. Now fuck mm. off. I mean she would say fuck off, but like it's she's. <laughs> I wish she had. But... <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another quote where Hercules is like approaching her and he says, "Um, um she says you know how men are. They think no means yes, and get lost means take me. I'm yours.'" It's like a, a cool sentiment in terms yeah. of I like, talk about rape culture in a Disney film, but. That would have gone over my head as a kid. I yeah, think... I think
1: it definitely did. And I think also it's probably, while it is sort of meant in that way, it's it's in a very resigned manner rather than like taking an active way against it as well, mm. so, which is probably a bit more of its time, yeah. I guess. You know, oh, it's just how men are, rather than thinking, well, you know, maybe mm. they don't have to be. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe,
0: I don't know, is a line like that, I don't know, like, I don't want to say window dressing, but in the sense of, for kids, because we weren't going to understand it as kids, mm. it, it would mean nothing to us. Like it might mean something to a, to a parent watching it, maybe, but it's, it wouldn't have been socialising yeah. in the way that actions would have been. And I don't think there's things of, I don't know, Hercules coming on too strong and her making it clear that no, maybe, yeah. maybe there is, but she does, like, resign to it.
1: I don't. Yeah, she's resigned to it in general, but I don't think it actually shows it in, like, Hercules's character. Mm. <laughs> Hercules, he's a hero, but, you know, he's, he's also a sex pest. <laughs>
0: well, I, mean, a, I
1: mean, there's a lot of that in, like, Disney oh, for yeah. male protagonists. <laughs> there like, is, yeah.
0: Oh, just, like, the general, like, rom-com, like, the whole premise of the rom-com tends to be two people who don't like each other or the man... <laughs> the who, man wears her down. Yeah, it's, it's exactly like, like, obviously, <laughs> yeah. there's... Um, I can't remember what video I was watching, I was talking about The Notebook, where to seduce uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, Ryan Gosling like stalks her, essentially, and then she's on a Ferris wheel, I think on a date, mm-hmm. and he gets on and holds onto it, and, and lets go with one hand and says, if you don't go on a date with me, I'm going to let go of my other hand.
1: So he just emotionally blackmails her?
0: Yeah, and that's like, in terms of like socialising impact, I think that kind of behaviour... You get taught that that's romantic. And yeah, you get yeah. lots of guys who are stalker and threatening in their sort of conquests.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it just—it's amazing how, like, just because of how it's kind of shown the light that it's shown in, in in these films that it just never really you never really realize it yeah, until yeah. after the fact. And like, that's pretty. Weird. It's like it's like watching old episodes of Friends and like mm. some of the things that they say and that it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. is that like okay? Like, you know, is it such a like? Why is Chandler so bothered about his? Parent being transsexual. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like, I mean I've se- I've seen some things about how like Beauty and the Beast can be seen as like an analogy for staying in a, an abusive relationship. But it's like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: well, he's like he, he, he's she's his prisoner, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think he's able she's able to leave. Yeah. And then she grows to love the beast. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean... <laughs> she tames the beast within. <laughs> um
0: yeah, there's so much of like Disney stuff where you unpicking like this is really not healthy behaviour for us to be uh, no to be mimicking so you're saying that you identified with Hercules did you ever in any way identify with Meg?
1: Again like it's so long ago but I, like I mean I certainly identify more with her now mm-hmm. than I would with Hercules like current like these days I feel like again like you mentioned though because there there's a lot of nuance in the dialogue that as a child you wouldn't pick up on maybe it's Harder to identify, at least in a true sense, with her as a child. Because, like, Hercules is pretty one-dimensional as a character. Like, he's pretty simple for a child to understand. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he wants to be a god again. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. That's easy to understand. Whereas Meg having, like, lots of conflict and just having been in a difficult... Like, I only really, really recently understood why she was under Hades' service in as much as, like, another guy had ran out on her and stuff Mm -hmm. like that after she sacrificed her soul for him and everything like that. And I only picked up... I only realised that was part of the story this, this, like, recently when I watched it. Uh, Again, it just missed on me. So I feel I couldn't have... Unfortunately, I couldn't have identified on her just because I wasn't intelligent enough at the time to actually pick on these things.
0: It's just because I'm... So the... Disney film that I, like, had watched most on VHS was Tarzan. Mm. And is it sure you, what you're saying? Because I don't recall identifying with Tarzan. I I remember Turk, his best friend, was my favourite. But um, I remember when I first few times that I watched that, I think I had assumed that Turk was male. And I think maybe even when I found out Turk was female, I might have felt like, oh, no, I don't know if I can like Turk anymore and mm. just throw away my massive um, stuffed Turk figure, which I still have. It's
1: like when you're a kid. I, I definitely remember at the time as a kid... Like liking music by female artists and be like, I can't like this because I'm a boy. (laughs) I had a a friend at school who (laughs) really strange.
0: uh, uh, What school said to me, Dido is like the best female artist. I'm of course saying there are no good female artists. It's just crazy that you like think that's an okay thing to
1: think. It's, yeah, really unsettling. Well, I mean, like you still get it these days with like female comedians, you'll get a lot of like adult. Guys that will point blank say they're just not not as funny as men. Yeah. And I feel like that but like that doesn't take into account the fact that they're never even given a chance to become be receptive in the first place. Yeah. It's amazing how like people are funny, but like so much of it is down to like your preconceptions of the person as well. Mm-hmm. There's there's stuff that I've found funny in the past. You know, like Peter K. Mm-hmm. But just because it's been done I mean, partly because of the repetition, but like just because of the fact that I was a child a lot. Like, I feel like that immediately stops me from finding it as funny, because I was like a teenager when I used to find it funny. So I feel like that automatically I'm predisposed to not finding it funny anymore, Mm. even though it probably is still. I probably should, on the face of it, find it funny. I saw a tweet, and
0: I can't remember who said it, but it was something on the lines of why men think that they're funnier. It's because if a man says a joke and no one laughs the man will explain it and and feel that it's the people's issue that they haven't understood the joke. (laughs) Why, if a woman tells a joke and people don't laugh, everyone assumes it's the comedian's fault that they haven't told the joke correctly. (laughs) But but going back to Disney princesses, so I found um, a research paper called Pretty as a Princess, Longitudinal Effects of Engagement with Disney Princesses on Gender Stereotypes, Body Esteem, and Pro-Social Behaviour in Children by Sarah Coyne. It said all the obvious things that you'd expect about women having, or young girls having a lower body esteem from these heroines or, and having certain unrealistic expectations. But then for men, the findings were they actually led to more, so boys who engaged in more uh, Disney princess stuff had more balanced interests and engaged in more pro-social behaviour, so were more likely to help out at school and share. So I've got the quote, um, Princess media engagement may provide important models of femininity to young boys who are typically exposed to hypermasculine media. It may be that boys who engage more with Disney princesses, while simultaneously being exposed to more androgynous Disney princes, demonstrate more androgyny in early childhood—a trait that benefits for development throughout the lifespan.
1: Interesting. Okay. And would a similar thing be good for young girls as well? Like having, I don't know, more more like Disney princes in uh, for their viewership. Would that help with like reducing? I mean, in terms of, I don't know, like taking role models away from just being a romantic interest Mm. slash mother or what have you, or like that kind of thing. But then again, to a a young child, how important is the kind of the subject's gender in, say, one of these things to their profession, to making them into a role model. Do you know what Mm. I mean? Yeah. So I guess more androgynous, male-oriented Disney films, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting, though. I feel like I'd be, if I had, like, kids, I really plan to, but I'd always be a bit, like, Cautious about giving any kind of gender-specific kind of toys to kids and stuff like that in a mm. similar regard. Yeah, because I feel like it's not healthy just giving boys loads of guns mm. as a kid and girls just babies and just telling them that's what <laughs> 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 that's your role. <laughs> <laughs> what is the give of life?
0: What is the take away? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's interesting because I've I don't recall. As a kid, like I was saying, me consuming much media with female protagonists. Mm, yeah, no. And I think it would have been really healthy for me to have done that. Mm-hmm. And I think even to the point where, what was it? I think Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I think I would like watch that behind the sofa, almost like hiding. So that like no one would know that I was engaging with it. Because I had such a fear that this wasn't something
1: that I should be watching. Yeah, I, I, I actually watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch as well. I didn't used to hide though, admittedly. I think I was... I was all right being seen watching that, but um, I definitely used to. what Was it? The Tracy Beaker was on. Oh yeah. I didn't. I didn't actually like it that. Uh, like it loads. It was on because you know it was a kids' TV show. But <laughs> I definitely remember getting uh, being embarrassed when I think like, my mum or dad said something about me watching Tracy Beaker. Mm. And like looking back, I was don't know why I would have been. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I guess maybe I'd so this is uh, I speculating because clearly we've not done the, um, we haven't got the data to back it
1: up. A <laughs> <laughs> love wild speculation.
0: But um, what we were you saying about boys only consuming media that was targeted at boys, mm-hmm. anecdotally I would say I don't think that's quite as strong for girls, particularly girls with male siblings. Yeah. From the, the interviews that I've done and my recollection with my sister, it was much more she would, or I guess I would force her to watch the things that I was interested in. Mm. But the other way around...
1: Was it just a no-go. Yeah.
0: And from uh, doing an interviews where people talk about their older brothers as having taste and them getting into that, and mm. that's where you get those sort of, I guess, more balance,
1: perhaps. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm an only child, and I basically just watch whatever my parents wanted to watch. So <laughs> that's normally what my mum wants to watch. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so does that entail that Hercules was a
1: pick from your mum? Like, no, why you no. had the VHS? Like, it was, again, we had it on video. I think I got it for Christmas, oh, so... Okay. Another female early crush, and probably a genuine crush, actually, for me, also called Meg. Meg White from The White Stripes. Obvious reasons. Oh, okay. She was a drummer. I was a drummer. And she was she she just came across as so cool. And she always got a really hard time in all my drumming magazines, because everyone was like, oh, she plays, like, she's really not a very, uh, like, fancy drummer and stuff. But she played exactly what she needed to for Jack White. And I think she was massively underrated. And also, yeah, she was really cool and kind of sultry. And a bit weird. She played in Bare Feet as well. And you like the fact that she pretended to be dating her brother? Yeah, that also did it for me. Just just bloody love incest porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like, where do you think that came from? Because you say you don't have siblings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I found a really interesting book called Mouse Morality, The Rhetoric of Disney Animated Film by Annalie R. Ward. And I basically found it so interesting that I've basically just... Copy and well, I say copied and paste. I couldn't because it was a PDF. so I retyped it all,
1: uh,
0: and I'll uh, maybe I'll just read some of it. And the then, whole book, yeah. because it was so. It, I found it so interesting. It's true to, dedication to so <laughs> print off the PDF. So I mean, I I'll, I'll <laughs> damn, I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just read some of this, and it'll just stop me if you think some is interesting or worth pointing. It okay. To. According to Tom Schumacher, Executive Vice President of Walt Disney Feature Animation, Hercules is specifically designed to teach important lessons. It's about the idea of strength, of who you are and what character is. It also deals with the notion of what celebrity is, what pop culture is, what it means to be popular. Do you recall any of those values from the film?
1: Yeah, actually. In terms of the celebrity part, I enjoy, uh, I definitely took from it Hercules' overconfidence when he was like getting getting big and like he's got all these people fawning over him Mm -hmm. loads of people that you know were just taggers along and stuff like that I suppose in in part but yeah him getting arrogant and stuff that was um, definitely part that I took from it so yeah positive lesson thanks Tom Schumacher (laughs) and has that
0: kept you grounded throughout your life do you feel yeah
1: I've just kept both feet on the floor (laughs) Um,
0: Disney steps into the fray to advocate certain moral lessons and does so by creating characters who experience universal emotions and angst characters with whom children will identify. And kids do identify with characters. For example, one study by Cynthia Hoffner of children and their wishful identification with television characters found that most children have same-sex characters as their favourites, and that, for girls, characters that are funny and smart are predictors for parasocial interaction. For boys, characters that are not only
1: smart but also strong and good-looking are predictors for identification. Okay, so that's like... um is it is it, is there more of a emphasis on the on the strong part as well or mm. okay
0: and appearance it seems from that as well that boys identify with attractive male figures yeah
1: while that might not be as strong a stronger criteria for young girls interesting, which kind of goes against the general kind of unhealthy body image part yeah. of female role models in these in these things, but I guess maybe because sometimes the figures look so ridiculous as well, maybe it. Doesn't even really compute for, like, oh, that's how I want to look aesthetically. Mm. It's because they don't look human yeah. <laughs> in terms of their actual proportions. Actually, no, I probably I probably did. It's just, you know, 20 years. But I probably did want to be absolutely like a brick shit ass, like Hercules. When you were little, but...
0: though, I think like, that came much later when I was like a teenager and I thought it would help me in like sexual progression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Right, so this is when it gets really interesting. So the super objective for Hercules is to become a hero in order to rejoin the gods. His motivation is that he doesn't want to feel so alone. He wants to belong. That taps into a universal need, one that the audience can identify with and be sympathetic to. But it soon becomes evident that Hercules has a secondary objective, almost as important as becoming a hero, that of attaining and keeping Meg's love. Initially, he is motivated by the first goal, a self-serving one. Later, romance motivates him also a self-serving motivation. Joseph Campbell describes the goal of the mythic hero in a different way from Disney's. The ultimate aim of the quest must be neither release nor ecstasy for oneself, but the wisdom and the power to serve others. Hercules may do heroic acts, but he acts out of self-interest and not altruistically. Valid.
1: Completely valid. Cutting. So interesting, because I, I don't think as a kid... You would not pick up as that being, like, you know, him just out for himself, essentially. Yeah. But he is. But I guess you, you tell me someone's a hero and I think just they're a hero. Slaughtering magnificent mythical beasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, The like shall never walk this earth. <laughs> just so you can get back on Olympus. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, like, like, the Joseph Campbell idea of, like, the hero's journey and having to act for others. But Disney's definition of a hero isn't that.
1: It has the impression of that when, well, you, when you look at it, but it's actually more... Like personal, yeah. Um, but is that nec- Like, I mean, while it's not necessarily the the values that the traditional hero's journey would have tried to live up to, is it more useful for? I mean, you know, I take I take the whole we made Hercules to teach kids these lessons, uh, important lessons thing. I take that with a bit of a pinch of salt in it because it made it to make, yeah, make yeah. shit loads of money. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. <laughs> but equally, you know it's probably just as useful to learn about why someone might want to not be alone and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just because something's done for yourself doesn't make it immoral. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily make it, it I mean, there are definitely times when obviously it will be immoral, That's goes yeah, that yeah. same, but I feel like it's almost unattainable as a as a role model at least or something to connect to this kind of completely altruistic notion of mm. the classical hero's journey.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I'm going to use a big words that I don't fully understand, but like, does this link into like I don't know, our generations and our societies like rampant individualism and like neoliberalism and this kind of like out oh, for yeah. ourselves? Like, yeah, no. That, equally, that is that is just as bad. Like, <laughs> like as kids are hit, our notion of being heroic is being an individual. Yeah, yeah. Rather than any sort of community, and it might have this on one level. You you have this idea of not being too big headed, of keeping yourself grounded, mm. but it's still. Your gender is your own. I mean, I'm just repeating myself, but
1: no, I know what you mean. It's maybe what we should do is show kids a mixture of Disney films and then the Battleship Potemkin, <laughs> <laughs> just lots and lots of Soviet propaganda films. Yeah, um, I mean, Disney is propaganda. It's an, oh, in the yeah, same way it as Battleship Potemkin? Like, it's... yeah, I don't know how you could, like any. I, where where does propaganda? Where would it, any kind of media not be propaganda? Is yeah. There any, it's- because it,
0: everything is political.
1: Yeah, if, 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 we, even if it's not overtly and blatantly out out there, there is like a, still a political aim of like reinforcing and it, the current. And crime. in itself is political—the fact that you don't have to be. Political. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. It seems like you can't get away from being propaganda. Yeah, is MasterChef propaganda?
0: I guess it would
1: be promoting in individualism and yeah, trying be. to aspire to the top of the chefing
0: game. Yeah, it would, it would be, wouldn't it? Because it's, it's you've got like a structure of competition mm. rather than an idea of it being about let's all get together and make the best food for everyone. Yeah, it's and about let's all, my all improve ourselves. Yeah, it's my food's better than yours. And I guess there would be even something like Bake Off, which has quite a nice
1: yeah image around it. But people it would still fall out. Yeah, <laughs> still get knocked out of the competition. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. It's interesting. Um, we, we should gonna... have more. What, collectivist competitions. Mm. Everyone worked together to beat the game. That's kind of like The Chase, I guess. Oh, yeah. But that's still about money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so, moving on to Meg. The female lead, Megara, is given no super objective. As a role model for identification, Meg offers little to inspire self actualization other than romantic love. It motivated her initially to sell her soul to Hades, and then to save Hercules' life. Yes, this romantic love prompted her to be selfless, which is a terrific lesson, but it was also her only reason for action. There is no need for self-discovery or service to others for this female, which is bizarre phrasing. She lives to get and serve her man. So it's
1: not, basically, the film is not passing the, what? what's the test called again? Bechdel test. The be- be- uh, what's it again? Bechdel. Bechdel test, yeah. It's not passing that at all. But
0: even more, uh, even more than that, it's... If taken as examples of right living, both Herc and Meg overtly demonstrate the positive lesson of self-sacrifice. Loving each other is risky, but they accept that risk. Yet, when we look more closely, we see that self-sacrifice is evident only when there's something in it for me. That something is romantic love that emanates from an understanding of reality that sees romance as the driving force of life. Without the romantic element, life's journey lacks meaning and fulfilment. Putting the heart first in everything creates a one-dimensional understanding of life, as a motivation for right behaviour, it tends toward emotivism, which finds the meaning in morality to be an expression of attitude, of emotion designed to influence
1: feelings. Superficiality, immorality is the result. Does it also as well, uh, it's probably not quite the point that they were trying to make in that, but um, it improperly actually portrays the actual nature of the sacrifice as well because it all works out in the end. Mm. I think that's one thing that a lot you very like you do get it obviously more in like the film that you'd see these days but i don't think you get it much in disney where like someone's sacrifice is actually like a final sacrifice or anything Mm. like that or irreversible like can't actually be worked out because that that happens that's a thing of life and i don't know i feel like it's underrepresented but uh yeah pushing towards a motive i mean that's such a big thing though like you gotta go with your heart Mm. Which is which is ludicrous. Yeah. I do what I want, and I'm I'm failing my PhD. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's my, it's my own fault is not a good way to go about it. Yeah. But yeah.
0: on a bit of a tangent, in terms of uh, real consequences, you watched like Shrek back when that came out, didn't you? Yeah. So um, there's a bit where they're um, putting all the fairy tale creatures in captivity, and they take the bear family away. Mm-hmm. So the mum bear has like a little bow on her head. So later in the bad guy's castle there's a rug which is a bear with that bow thing on and then in the final scene at the end when everyone's happy and together the mum bear's not there
1: oh god <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucking hell that's so dark yeah, someone, I, I,
1: someone found it on twitter recently they, they <laughs> put, they put the pictures there they're so like <laughs> oh. <laughs> so dark <laughs> oh i enjoy that's in there though yeah <laughs> but they shouldn't be celebrating they should be uh, still pretty sad yeah i mean i guess uh,
0: you've got to take moments of pleasure as they come because you can't uh, get to, you've got to move on eventually you <laughs> know um did you watch the live action hercules series hercules the legendary journeys no so i'll show you an image of what he looked like in that and do you know the actors Brendan Fraser and Viggo Mortensen?
1: Do I know Brendan Fraser? <laughs> do I know Viggo Mortensen? <laughs> yeah, well, a- yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> so I want you to tell me who he looks more like. Don't tell me that's Viggo Mortensen. It's neither of them. Oh, both. okay. It's <laughs> neither of them. Okay. <laughs> I thought, because you- it, it looks like Brendan Fraser, I'd say. Yeah,
0: much much more like much Brendan Much more like
1: Brendan Fraser. Yeah. But I thought you were going to say it's Viggo Mortensen, actually, yeah. out of those two. Do you see, um, uh, do you see any Viggo in there at all? The eyes, maybe. I see more Hugh Jackman, actually, than Dino. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, I see more Hugh Jackman. Uh, cool, I'll, I'll add him to the conversation. But, um,
0: yeah, thank you for confirming that I was correct in that. Um, I think that's about time to wrap up.
1: Yeah? Um, well, thank you, for, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming. It's been a pleasure.